I'm Grace and I'm on a journey of holistic sustainability. This podcast was created to explore what conscious living really means in the most inclusive and accessible way and to share it with whoever wanted to listen. So tune in each episode for discussions of everything from intersectional environmentalism, being black in nature and the realities of sustainable living, to self-care rituals, recipes, reviews and conversations with everyday folks doing extraordinary things. Welcome to the Green Soul Grace podcast. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Green Soul Grace podcast. It feels amazing to be here to be finally setting up and creating this space and this platform. It's been a long time in the works and I've moved through a lot of personal barriers, feelings of imposter syndrome, feelings of fear, (laughs) procrastination to get to this point and it feels wonderful so I'm finally ready to impose myself upon you and to anybody who wants to listen so thank you for starting this journey with me it feels amazing. I will be going more into the reasons why I created this podcast and more about what I do and the work that I do in the next episode because we have an interview for this episode that's already quite long so I didn't want to overload on my first my first outing of the Green Soul Grace podcast. So next week we're going to get a bit deeper into my story and to why I'm here and what I'm trying to do. But this week we have an interview with an incredible woman who's also a very, very good friend of mine who does amazing work and it was an absolute privilege to interview her and for her to agree to be the first guest on my first ever episode of the Green Soul Grace podcast. Her name is Justina Callist and I will explain a little bit about what she does and then we're just going to get straight into the interview. Jacina Callist is a health professional, land worker, activist and co-founder of Land in Our Names, Lion, a community project addressing lack of access and ownership of land among black communities and underserved groups in Britain. She loves nature walks and hopes to set up an eco-village, which is just incredible and I am there for all of that. All of the people that we mention in the interview we talk about a lot of different people a lot of different organizations will all be listed in the description box below as well as all of Jacina's information as well so let's just get straight into it and I hope you enjoy listening as much as I did recording just to say also the interview was recorded in my back garden so as per social distancing regulations <laughs> so you will hear a bit of background noise which is generally not too bad but in the last 10 minutes a little bit more obvious so just wanted to apologize in advance for that so yeah let's get into it all right then guys we are here with Jacina. Welcome to the Green Soul Grace podcast. Thank you. I'm really, really, really lovely to have you. We're sitting in my garden, so you might hear sounds of children playing, maybe sirens, maybe the church bell. It, it's all to play for. We'll see what happens. But parakeets, parakeets, exactly. The rustling of trees. The rustling of trees. All the beautiful nature sounds, as well as the the human, the human interaction. <laughs> so Jacina here is the co-founder of Lion. I've already talked a little bit about what Lion does. And one of the main aims Lion has on its website is Lion seeks to uproot and disrupt systemic issues of land as they pertain to black people in Britain. What would you say these systemic issues are? Yeah, oh, it's 
funny. You can spend so long talking about your work and mm-hmm. then like you don't mm-hmm. <laughs> chat with your mate. And, mm-hmm. it, and then it just gone. all completely goes. We've just mm. had like about an hour's chat just catching up because we haven't seen each other um, throughout the whole of lockdown. lockdown and life. it's been really, yeah, been really, really hard. So obviously just wanting to catch up beforehand so we can talk about everything else apart from work and so now it's probably just all gone out of our heads yeah so <laughs> why do I do what I do what's mm-hmm. why going do you on do what you do? yeah um so I think it's very easy if you are raised as a black person person of color in an inner city area to not have familiarity with um the countryside mm-hmm. or rural parts of mm-hmm. Britain yeah um there's a massive disconnect um between our communities and food growing Mm -hmm. and we know that farming is one of the whitest professions Mm -hmm. in Britain and followed closely I don't know if you know this by the environment sector is the second whitest so that's I didn't know that six percent I didn't know that specifically but Mm. I absolutely could have guessed that yeah definitely definitely in your interactions with the environment sector absolutely yeah Yeah. very (laughs) white so um that's something which I guess um I I I'm very connected to to nature as it was Mm -hmm. and um has I've sort of found like refuge and a home Mm -hmm. in indulging that Mm -hmm. and trying to learn as much as possible about Mm -hmm. trees and plants Mm -hmm. and food growing and you know finding a spiritual connection to land um, which is really nourishing Mm -hmm. in a way that um, I find that dominant religion in in Britain is quite Mm -hmm. separated from nature absolutely Um, and that's not repeated across the world in terms of how how religion and spirituality Mm -hmm. manifest so yeah I think that um, we're addressing barriers to generally like green spaces in rural and urban settings addressing a disconnection from food growing um, in agriculture more broadly Mm -hmm. and in um, in a city like urban food growing projects Mm -hmm and all of the different food inequalities that that is um, related to. Yeah. Um, and so using a food justice framework and the rights of communities to grow and eat yeah. nutrient yeah. dense, yeah. fresh, localized mm-hmm. food that's mm-hmm. relevant to the things that they want to eat because yeah. of cultures and traditions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's really nourishing mm-hmm. um, to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that it's like the yeah. There's the kind of like we should have the right to be on the land. Yeah. And so much of what we do is about returning to yeah. the land, but in a way that lots of people who aren't in communities of color also yeah. have that disconnect. Yeah. And there's long histories of the enclosures. Absolutely. And people being forced off their land to yeah, work in factories. the highland clearances and all of these things, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think that, um, like, and also how do we articulate that relationship to land when we have come here often in the last century? Yeah. Not that there wasn't a black presence in Britain yeah. from before, mm-hmm. um, but that, you know, articulating what our rights are under sort of a reparative justice framework yeah. and yeah. thinking that, okay, our ancestors didn't farm here, yeah. but they farmed for here. Yes. And 
there's a vast amount of land that is unused mm -hmm. or poorly managed yeah. or is uh, causing a lot of destruction mm -hmm. and that we need to join up these issues yeah. in terms of like we need to eat better food yeah. and have more food available mm -hmm. and recent shocks in terms of uh, you know insecurity around food because of Brexit yeah. and insecurity around food because of um, Covid mm -hmm. and um, you know what imports and exports and trades going to look yeah. like over the next 10 years yeah. who knows but yeah there is also among land workers mm -hmm. that acknowledgement that we need sustainable farming yeah. to become a thing yeah. and um, there's a lot of recognition that there needs to be more diversity in mm -hmm. that you know and it might be easiest to say new entrants to farming um, and think about age and youth and mm -hmm. inheritance um, but that there are people who recognize that there needs to be um, greater ethnic diversity mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so we're having some really interesting conversations yeah. about that and mm -hmm. people who have access to land or are due to inherit land and are yes. like we want this to be managed better that's really interesting yeah, yeah. it's exciting that's as a conversation. and that's really exciting because obviously the farming um the farming society shall we call it in this country very much is wrapped up with the aristocracy like you get people mm. that work the land and they work the land and there's people that own the land and work the land but absolutely embedded in the aristocratic culture and for those shifts to happen that's those those are very big shifts to happen mm. have you been talking to people who are within that sector of society who were kind of saying that they want to make their inheritance and when they're inheriting for it to be different or is it there's some people who belong mm. to landowning classes yeah um who um you know they might not own the land yet mm. but they're thinking about how their families came to inherit the land or okay um where so some introspection is going on great yeah, very much yeah. so like previous mm. generations where did they get their wealth from yes okay um, and I mean, one of my favorite shows is called The Mill. And um, yeah, it was just funny, like it's based on a true story, but it's in Liverpool. Oh, and let me write this down. Yeah. The, the Mill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is a tangent. That's but right. what's really it's great about it is mm -hmm. like, it's a cotton mill. Yeah. And you've got people that are children working in the cotton yeah. mill and you see the relevance of trade unions yeah. when you've got 10 year old children yeah. losing limbs in a factory yeah. and fighting for their weekends. Yeah. And then this abolitionist wife mm -hmm. um, of the mill owner. Yeah. And then she has to be taken aside and told to be quiet because, you know, mm. he's like, where do you think we get our cotton from? Mm -hmm. So joining up all these things yeah. and yeah. you see like one of the people from the plantations brought yep. over to work in the mill. Yeah. And that, you know, like our... You know, I don't want to go for a sort of class as the only important mm -hmm. factor mm -hmm. here, but... Mm -hmm. um, you know that there are people who are working uh, against their yeah. class interests because yeah. they have to earn money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the solidarity between people who are, mm -hmm. you know, from where we're from. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like trying to join up, yeah. and join the dots. Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy to have seen so much like movement on that, yeah. so much recognition of it in terms of not celebrating slave owners, yeah. acknowledging where wealth comes from, yeah. why certain streets have names that are, you know, it's, honoring the sugar and the, you know, <laughs> textiles industries yeah. of, of the colonies. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's well, I mean, with the, um, with the recent, 
event of the statue in Bristol being pulled down. It was yeah. Edward Colston. I think Edward that was Colston, his, yeah, yes. Edward Colston. Had a swim. And Edward Colston had a swim. He, 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 the only <laughs> thing that was, you know, we're happy about being chucked into the river, mm-hmm. only kind of pollution. And the, it was so, it's so interesting to see the aftermath of people's understanding and sometimes then the willful ignorance of still not wanting to connect these dots Mm. but people saying well who was this man this man was a slave owner Mm. and this in bristol bristol one of the most significant cities in england in the uk of the slave trade and people like oh my god and people not even knowing their own history i mean we're going off on off on a tangent here Mm. but of of people not understanding why where we are why where why we are where mm. we are now and i mean i absolutely i'm not about i'm not about destroying these these things i'm about removing them from public like adoration but i'm yeah. about just tell the actual history have them there and be like this person was a slave owner this person did this this person did this and have it don't don't then try to erase the history but actually mm. tell the truth about the history that we live in in this country so that that um show sounds really great and if they're actually piecing, you know, putting the dots together, yeah, um, joining the dots. Records, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I wish more people would watch that, you know, and then we could actually have an actual factual based conversation as opposed to just sort of knee jerk defensiveness and uh, and just denial. Mm. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's often about telling the right people's stories. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Because like, it's not like people of colour, mm. black people mm. aren't farming in yeah. this country. Yeah. They're just like there's very few mm. and there'll be fewer mm-hmm. while people can't see themselves represented. Yeah. And I mean we're in London mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and inner city areas do not really like amplify farming as a yeah. potential. No. <laughs> and it's often seen as something less i mean less so now but definitely something that you know you'd be trying to get away from yeah and like family narratives Mm -hmm. would not yeah think about farming as like a a viable choice and i think you know my grenadian side Mm -hmm. are very confused about why i want to be on the land very interesting isn't it in terms of what whereas it's funny because i know on my english side that's seen as a good like it's a it's a good thing it's mm. a it's a it's a thing to be championed and to be celebrated of like yeah. because come i come from farming family on that side but mm. then obviously if you've then worked the land but you've worked the land for other people to then want to return or to be seen to want to return to that is a really really weird thing of you know lack of ambition or whatever it might be mm. and I can imagine then is that so you're saying like your, your family in Grenada like what are you doing <laughs> like why yeah. all this interest in the vegetables yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> in the soil <laughs> yeah well I think they can associate yeah. it with like real hardship yeah, as well yeah absolutely and if they've been trying to move to cities mm. move to other countries mm-hmm. um, and that you know it's it's not a relationship that is seen to exist outside of exploitation yeah and that's really hard to try yeah. and like like that's another thing that we don't want to have to heft and you know break our backs yeah doing that work yeah yeah we want to be able to do it mm-hmm. in a way because we know that so much nourishment can yeah. come from the soil come yeah. from the earth it's come from us cultivating that yeah. relationship and becoming closer to 
you know things that are already alive yeah observing mm-hmm. how trees grow yeah and you know what Absolutely. we can do to nourish them mm-hmm. or you know again the spiritual connection yeah I've yeah i'm such a hippie over the past no few years it's very very this. interesting because i know because i know beforehand that wouldn't necessarily have been your your take on it or your view of it of like the more spiritual side and it's 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 really you know that's 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 just evolution isn't it you know what personal evolution in terms Mm. of where you see yourself and i mean i mean i've definitely always it's always been the trees man it's always been the trees trees yeah i read the the hidden life of trees i've got that book and i haven't read it yet but i've heard it's beautiful i mean i also read a a review that was like this is anthropomorphic psycho babble And I was like, yeah, I could probably see that yeah. it's that as well. But if it you... tells a really nice yeah. story about how trees are alive. And we yeah. know that they are. Absolutely. So that's, that's kind of good enough. Yeah. And it's... we would be, we couldn't live the life that we no. do without any kind of trees yeah. or plants. And the idea that we treat them as if they're not yeah. as alive as we are. When we know that they're communicating yeah. with each other uh, through absolutely. mycorrhizal fungi. Yeah. Is... On and... the forest floor. It's all happening. Yeah. yeah. And feeling like it doesn't like we can become smaller mm-hmm. well, our actions become less important or more important to do in tandem yeah. with what's going on around us yeah and yeah like trying to remove that sense of like ownership yeah from everything as yeah. like a resource to be mm-hmm. exploited mm-hmm. and seeing yeah. it as something yeah. that we coexist alongside yeah. and we need to take care of yeah. if yeah. we're living in like yeah the anthropocene well, it's 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 like you say, it's embedded in the dominant religion of the country, within the sort of Christian ideology of of what's the word, you know, where you get, oh, you, people were given oh, not jurisdiction, but something about the the land and the animals and stuff, mm. and that has then been interpreted as you can then exploit. Mm. they're there for your exploitation you know oh, it's a that's what i'll have to look it up afterwards but that is what i think has been interpreted as oh well it's here for our usage are mm. here for our just mining and exploitation as opposed to working alongside and understanding that we are not removed from it we are absolutely a part of it mm. and i think it was really interesting what you were saying about why you want to do the work that you do and why sometimes you know some of your your relatives won't necessarily understand it but saying you know to to reconnect with the idea of nourishment on all levels that the land can give you Mm. it's kind of like we've come full circle because where people i guess in terms of where people were taken you know as enslaved you know Mm. enslaved and across to the caribbean across to the americas where originally before they were practicing you know practicing subsistence subsistence farming Mm. you know feeding themselves had a connection to the land and then being taken and then working the land for somebody else and for it to be only seen as an exploitative action yeah and then to kind of come back round to the understanding and the realization the connection that no while the land again is is there for our nourishment for us to nourish the land and the land to nourish us as well it's like a full circle thing and i guess obviously some people you know it takes it's different times for people to reach that part of it but it sounds like that's where you've reached you know of coming back round to that we are part of the land like we we cannot separate us and nature and the land yeah 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 i'd say Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i also think that it's like thinking about trying Mm. to build a connection with ancestors Mm -hmm. yeah and ancestry yeah 
and like I'm not that interested in doing DNA tests and mm. you know like the, the genetic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean on the on the on the Caribbean side generally? Uh, yeah, or? I mean I am interested and I'm not, but yeah. I feel like it's hard enough trying to connect with yeah. Caribbean yeah. family. It's here, really hard. Yeah, even the ones that are alike. <laughs> And then, you then know, know, I'm going to get like a whole some level. piece of paper yeah. and then I can't just rock up. But yeah. what can I do? Yeah. Think about what life lessons mm-hmm. we can still gain. Think about all the bits that still exist of like thought yeah. and, you know, what repair looks like, yeah. what spirituality looks like, yeah. what farming practices do we know about because they were co-opted yeah. by permaculture mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. agroecological movements yeah. um, mm-hmm. for profit yes. by white men yep. and how can we um, bring those into our lives now yeah. rather than doing like a big return thing because yeah. you know I'm not because we are where we're here we anywhere are where, else yeah. but London yeah. you know I have Grenadian heritage. I yes. can go there. I can see how they farm and yeah. think about, you know, what are the connections yeah. between me here and them there, and then yeah. you know where we came from yeah. in West Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that can only go so far. Yeah. And like learning about um, like the commons mm-hmm. and um, kinship-based yeah. farming. Yeah and how you build community and what that looks mm-hmm. like and how that could be really strong. Yeah. Um, and that could totally transform how we're living in this country. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned uh, reparative justice as one of the, um, what would you say, the strategies mm. of line. What does that look like? Could you explain a bit more about reparative justice? Mm. Well, lots of people don't know this, mm. and I'm really glad a friend explained this to me last year, but mm-hmm. reparations coming from the word repair. Mm. And Oh my gosh, of course. I wouldn't have never, yeah, reparations, repair. Crazy. And, yeah. you know, um, Tanahisi Coates talking mm-hmm. about like uh, reparations being positioned as this like wild-eyed crazy thing that, mm. you know, like only a madman would want. Yeah. Um, but it's... Like, if you think of it as mm-hmm. repair, yeah. and you can think, okay, well, deep trauma exists, mm-hmm. we, we carry these scars, we know intergenerational trauma exists, we yeah. have this, like, transatlantic slave syndrome yeah. thing that gets talked about, mm-hmm. black people are starting to go to therapy more, yeah. mm-hmm. like, these are all beautiful things. Yeah. And so, what does repair look like? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, one of my favourite farmers... Um, from America, Leah Penniman. Leah, yeah, Leah Penniman. I, I knew you were going to say that. Wait, Jasina is, is wearing the top from Soulfire Farms. Go it's for like it. Yes. Uniform. Like, <laughs> I love, okay, I love what's, it. What's my work uniform? It's like something green yeah. or Soulfire Farm. When we get lion t-shirts made, oh yeah, then I'll, I'll be, be working a lion t-shirt. You will absolutely. Yes. Just in the queue. Yes. Um, but yeah, she talks about land as the scene of the crime and oh, wow. exploited labour and yeah. exploited land. Yeah and both need to heal and we can be part of each other's healing yeah and so you know that combined with the fact that we know of all these like sustainable farming practices for millennia because of what the ancestors did it all sort of comes together quite nicely yeah um and that's what repair means and an element of repair is financial yeah but 
we do also think about like self-made repair and then that's why a lot of self-care practices are built into like the ethos and yeah. the work of lion yes um so important it's so important. so important just changing that whole narrative of you know of resistance activism of all of these things but understanding that self-care without without self-care as as audrey lord said it you know mm-hmm. self what self-care is what is it that active resistance is like a, a just a it's not even an, it's non-negotiable yeah you know do you follow the nap ministry I have do you heard follow, of them they, aren't they fantastic the nap ministry, so the nap ministry is yeah. a um it's a an account but it's not just obviously social media which is absolutely promoting and just like just championing rest as an act of resistance and just absolutely integral to not even if you are on the front lines being an activist but saying that it's not optional to Mm -hmm. to rest and to take time and to switch off is necessary and especially for people living day to day with the fuckery excuse my language of of racism you know sometimes fuckery is the right word sometimes fuckery is the right word is that a drone oh my god there's a drone oh gosh it's all going on (laughs) the times we live in bloody (laughs) drone right next to the church like flying over the church (laughs) sacrilege no um that it's so important and so yeah sorry just to yeah because the nap ministry but it's all part of that isn't Mm. it and so for that to be embedded like fundamentally embedded into your practice as well is so important Mm. so important it's not negotiable and it feels like it's a very um, healing space, yeah. like a very healing team to work yeah, in. Yeah, that's very important. Of that. <laughs> and that, you know, not having employers, well, not having employers for a start, but yep. also feeling like people really care yeah. if you well, make sure that you, you don't yeah. burn out yeah. and that you'll be on, yeah, that people will want that to. That will be, yeah. To look after Taking you and to care intentional yeah. care is so important. That leads me very nicely to ask, you were just talking about the, the team that you work in. So who is it and when did you form Lion and what was the catalyst? Because I'm sure it was something brewing, but mm. what then finally pushed you to create Lion? Well, these are all separate questions. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll start at the beginning, yes. probably. So... I burnt out of a PhD um, about two years into it Mm -hmm. and it was the best thing that happened to me Mm -hmm. to leave yeah 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 (laughs) and it sometimes is doesn't always feel like at the time but you definitely yeah when you look back absolutely mm -hmm. and thinking about um you know like as second generation mm-hmm. um migrant yeah. feeling like the the path to success is yeah. just education yeah. like you're on an escalator yeah. and so feeling like as a lot of phd students do mm-hmm. like what what's wrong with me this is yeah. great i should be loving this i should yeah. feel like i've achieved everything that i've ever wanted but feeling really like this isn't going very well mm-hmm. i'm in the wrong environment yeah. you know my soil's not good, I'm mm-hmm. not getting enough light, mm-hmm. like literally not getting yeah. enough light in the basement. No, no, no compost, no, yeah. no nutrients. No, yeah. yeah, where's the fertilizer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you looked at every aspect of your life in terms of, you know, am I growing? Yeah. Am I this this plant that, that's thriving? Yeah. Um, Were you, what did you have you yellow change? leaves? Oh, <laughs> such yellow leaves. I mean, yeah, like, I think that academia can make people shadows of themselves yeah. and yeah. tolerate very negative scenarios that, um, you know, aren't good for their mental health, yeah. aren't good for their, you know, development mm-hmm. and, like, 
in in terms of their careers mm-hmm. so for me that wasn't right yeah um not that I'll ever not ever do any more study but definitely like um just that wasn't the right about PhDs absolutely yeah <laughs> you've got to be you've got to be ready you've got to know it's yeah. yeah it's hard and I mean that I, I burnt out of a PhD and then started getting more involved in permaculture spaces yeah. and doing courses and stuff yeah, and finding that really nourishing mm-hmm. oh, yeah I do really I do grow, I did <laughs> and the leaves turn back from yellow to wonderful vibrant green Aww, yes <laughs> yeah I mean my life looks completely different yeah. now um and I'd also felt like having worked in sexual health all of mm. my adult life like yeah. from when I was 20 till um, I mean, I wouldn't say I've completely exited it, mm. but you know, about twelve years of yeah. it, and feeling like I've learned everything I've wanted to learn. Yeah, I've met everyone who's great. Yeah, um, and I love working in sexual health because mm-hmm. you can just make dirty jokes all the time. Great, all the time. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it attracts very nice people. <laughs> yeah, it attracts like you know, you have to be fairly like liberal at least. Yeah, um, yeah. to work in that yeah. field, you know. Mm-hmm be pro pro women mm-hmm, pro choice mm-hmm. pro sexualities yeah. you know be yeah. engaging with issues around yeah. like freedom to you know self-identify mm-hmm. or you know like um sex workers and stuff yeah so like all of that politically is the same yeah for me mm-hmm. um i just i guess i I reached a point where i, I wasn't growing yeah. yeah and at the same time feeling like land is a frontier that we need as yeah. many people working on as possible yeah. and i do think although i've not met these people but i do think there will be this new task force of like people trying to work in in yeah greening and yeah. uh environment mm-hmm. and land mm-hmm. and climate sectors yeah and um joining movements maybe that aren't quite right for yeah. them and so you know i was getting more involved in permaculture spaces yeah. um i'd planned to go to Soulfire farm i may still be the only person who's done a course at Soulfire mm. farm from britain yeah um but it felt really important to make those links that was last year wasn't it that was that's why you didn't come to doris yes yes Yes, that yes. was why I didn't come to Doris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sweet that you remember. Yes, I I'll do. I'll be back there next time. <laughs> yes, next by, sorry, time. Doris is Tribe of Doris. It's a festival that we go to. And religiously. It's just, uh, religiously. I've, yeah, I've been going since I was a child and Jacina has come and it's really amazing and really beautiful. And Jacina didn't, didn't come last year because she was at Soulfire Farms, but having an equally amazing experience, which has absolutely then impacted Oh, everything yeah. yeah yeah so mm. i mean i just co-founded it before but it was mm. part of planning and like yes. that they articulate a position on reparations mm. that we can um learn from yeah uh and have this amazing reparations yeah. map for yeah. people um who are landless yeah. or have started land projects yeah. run be- by people of color yeah but don't have the resources mm. that, you know, they might need. And yeah. so, you know, like yeah. for people who have resources mm-hmm. or have plots of land yeah. or have a tractor that they're not using. Um, it's kind of connecting. Yeah, it's like a big farmy free cycle Basically, yeah. basically. Well, how does that then differ? I know we're still talking about the, the founding, but well, it's mm. actually something that I want to ask afterwards. Everything. So, yes, we're talking <laughs> about it all. Something that's just making me think, because this is what I've been thinking a lot Um how do you feel that the landscape and not as in the physical physical landscape but like the metaphorical landscape mm. of 
land um, ownership, access to land differs from the states mm. because of the size of the states, mm-hmm. you know, and from what I've seen, I've really struggled to find, and it's, you know, I think you're probably one of few, if like the only black and people of colour driven organisations about access to land in that way whereas in America there's there's tons there's loads Mm -hmm. and loads and loads and all the different sections and stuff Mm -hmm. Um, how do you sort of feel is that quite like an overwhelming thing and also do you feel that it's able to be done in the same way that it's done in America because America has so much land so much space yeah Mm. I mean we've got loads of space here as well Mm. but it's owned by it's own, very yeah. few people very like few people 50 percent ch- of land the church is of england owned by one percent of the population it's insane it's yeah, insane church it's church of england cambridge university i think cambridge and oxford university mm. church of england obviously and the queen is the head of the church of england as well mm. it's yeah the statistics are shocking various lords and dukes lords and dukes um, and i feel like landed. there's one maybe duke of westminster who mm. owns like the most like of any one person <laughs> Um, but yeah mm. it's very different here and I yeah. think that they because of the 40 acres and the mule promise yeah. yes. they are able to talk about reparations yeah. and talk about what was owed to them yeah Whereas here, we're still having to say that that guy was a slave owner. Yeah. We don't like him. Yeah. Like, we can't like celebrate him. Yeah. yeah. And also like all of your family, David Cameron, yeah. slave owners. Literally. Like, we had Benedict like... Cumberbatch saying that his mum had told him not to um, reveal, uh, <laughs> no, told him to change his name in uh, case he got requests you got for requests. reparations. Oh my God. It's just insane. Yeah. So to try and um, you know have the same kind of narrative here wouldn't yeah, work yeah but you know you can have land and rights to land yeah. and access to land yeah. as like a fulcrum mm. around which because it because it's so invisibilized yeah and we we do need the same you know rights and access to yeah. land and it is a lot of the same struggles because mm-hmm. you know of the ways that people are excluded yeah and whose life is made easier to mm-hmm. do agricultural work mm-hmm. to to be in green spaces yeah. and you know that came up recently with christian cooper's experience yes it did christian cooper just trying to live his best life bird watching in central park mm-hmm. someone calling the police on him calling the police and using the language of saying i'm going to tell them that there's a black man or an african-american man i don't remember what they mm. said knowing that that is me. that is knowing that yeah. that is what potentially can get him killed that's a death threat yeah. phoning and using that language it's just just trying to bird watch trying yeah, to bird watch and trying to say you need to put your dog on a leash because you're in a public space and that's not okay you know outrageous yeah. um mm-hmm. so yeah, I feel like there's loads of questions here. So many but questions, sorry, we've yeah. tangented again. We mm-hmm. founded, co-founded Lion mm-hmm. when I was in this space, like I was um, in various different permaculture spaces, yeah. you know, really building a network yeah. and friends. Yeah. And um, I just read the Land for the Many report, mm-hmm. which was commissioned by the Labour opposition of the time. Mm-hmm. And um, it's written by various people that write mm-hmm. about land. Um, but just constantly thinking, you know, as you do as a black person, mm-hmm. like, where do I see myself in this? Yeah. And some groups yeah. were named specifically mm-hmm. that I might 
belong to mm-hmm. or you know like talking about people in inner cities mm-hmm. needing access to allotments yeah or, you know getting enraged about things like the golf courses mm. getting eu subsidies oh. they won't now but oh yeah <laughs> they still exist and they shouldn't that's um, wild. I hate golf. Yeah. yeah. I hate people who golf. <laughs> I think the most famous golfer at the moment is one of the most despicable humans on the planet. He's not a professional golfer. He's just the president of the United States. Oh, are we States. talking about the orange monster? Yeah. 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 Nazi yeah. Cheeto. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> the Mandarin Marauder. <laughs> 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 yeah it's it's just everything it represents is really 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 distasteful yeah, yeah. and so unfriendly for the environment yeah, so and yeah absolute waste of space yeah absolute waste of space um there was a tweet that we posted on our insta stories mm-hmm. it's like if you're thinking about starting class warfare in your area <laughs> chop up some japanese knotweed and yes. sprinkle it on your local oh golf course oh my god that is guerrilla warfare oh my god japanese knotweed will fuck up your golf course <laughs> oh my god it also makes There's... quite nice edible like bamboo shoots type oh. things like a, a similar to bamboo yeah i all i know is just the associations like you have to have like an extra like caveat on your insurance about mm. japanese knotweed on your house insurance it's so yeah. just but then I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, on the the golf course. course. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Just a wild, you know, wild forest of Japanese knotweed. That would be fine. (laughs) What was funny was that someone thought we were deadly serious about it. And we're like, no, that's an invasive species. Oh, my God. You can't do that because some people will think you're not joking. Oh, Oh. shit. Guess we're starting class one. You know, I mean, go (laughs) forth. Go forth and spread. But so with, um, is it three co-founders or four? Uh, two. Just two. 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 Yeah. You and Ola. I mean, it's a sort of loose team. Yeah. I was telling the story. You were telling I? the story, so, yes. Land for the Many. Yes. Oh, we're going to get so distracted with you. It's just so nice talking to you <laughs> like after so long. I know. I know. It's a chat. It's I know. A chat. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so I read the Land for the Many report mm-hmm. um, and I was working for a sexual health uh, community interest company. Yeah. Love those guys. Yeah. And one of the co the the chief no what are they called executive directors was also the chief exec of a land a public sector land organization um a public land sector organization yeah um called shared assets Mm -hmm. and the person that i co-founded with i Mm. met at a um like night in a pub mm. in south london nice as all the best stories <laughs> begin yeah. yeah but it was like we were always destined to meet because yeah. i knew he was already on my radar yeah i'd sort of made an arrangement to meet his boss to talk about land and nature stuff mm-hmm. you know and i'm really grateful to my former uh you know boss colleague at yeah. the time for like making those links yeah and then when we met, it was like, yeah, you're cool. And then, yeah. um, like, uh, the, the, rest the, the other co-founders yeah. reminded me of, like, uh, yeah, I mean, the other people in the team. Yeah. They reminded me of this time when I was being really cagey and I was like, I'm going to talk to you about something in a couple of weeks. And they'd be like, what? I'm like, no, just you've got to come over. I'll just talk to you then. And that was when I was thinking about yes. what it was going to be. Because that was when, because I, th- oh, well, I think I was away, but you held a night after, especially when you came back from Soulfire because yeah. you wanted to share 
Yes. Yeah, that was All it. Piece together. Yeah, yeah. So London Our Names as a name yeah. just came to me one morning and I it knew is what the, the logo best name. Oh Thank my you. god. Lion and London Our Names just just perfect. It works very yeah, well. Yeah, it really yeah. does. It's, it um, might be the best idea I'll have my entire life. <laughs> but if that's if if that was the best idea, that is that that's is what I bow out with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> End on a high. Like, you know, <laughs> quit while you're ahead. But no, it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. carry on you've got a lot to do yeah i'm quite busy actually. yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah and then we had more conversations mm-hmm. um when i got back from Soulfire farm yeah. and you know did a sort of debrief and then from there things started picking up and we were sort of warned and made aware and had this like you know circle of elders type mm-hmm. people who mm-hmm. were guiding us on this or people that were you know very familiar with the mm. land um land like justice work yeah of like there's so little that's in existence around this mm. and very piecemeal diversity work in yeah. the environment sector yeah. in the food justice arena mm. and you know so I mean, I'm fully in it now. Yeah. But seeing how like a lot of requests have come. Yes. And that's increased and amplified during lockdown, mm-hmm. and then even more um, since Black Lives Matter uprising mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. world over. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's very. Uh, it's it's sort of great if it's sustained. Yeah. Of like okay, we're gaining more accomplices Mm -hmm. in this struggle. Yeah. Um, People are recognising the need for reparations. Mm -hmm. They're recognising the need to um, support initiatives like ours. Yeah. Um, And it has to not be a drain or a pull. Yeah. And it's, you know, I I think, well, I'm new to this, you know, Mm. my expertise, I can tell you a lot more about the different kinds of contraception than I can, you know, (laughs) land rights. Like, if you've got an STI, I can probably tell you what it is based (laughs) on your description of the symptoms. (laughs) I won't diagnose you because a doctor's got to do that. Mm -hmm. But, you know... it, yes <laughs> that, that's my like yeah. you know knowledge base yeah and then i'm new to land yeah. in lots of ways mm-hmm. i can't tell you about land laws mm-hmm. as in in as much detail as i can about you know gonorrhea and diagnostics and genital herpes there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah but i mean i will yeah but then to be sort of you know co-founding mm-hmm. something last year it, it's not mm-hmm. even been more than 12 months no. at this point and uh, to then be seen as a, a leader in the field mm. or, you know, to be invited to do mm-hmm. so much and thinking like, well, we're stretched quite thin, like, yeah. you know, and are people prepared to resource this mm-hmm. work? And like, I mean, what we want to be doing, because mm-hmm. we held an event in January, yes. um, or a series of events really, because mm-hmm. it started from the Oxford Rural Farming Conference that we went to before, um, but with Leah, mm-hmm. Um, Leah Penham and Sophia Farm. Mm-hmm. Yes, just drop it in again. Sure, make yes. sure people know who this is. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, read her book. Yes, uh, I am going to get her well book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, mm-hmm. might be able to help you with that as well. Ah, cool. cool, cool. Um, we, yeah, did an event with her on a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at the Willowbrook Farm yes. in Oxfordshire. Yeah. That's the first halal farm. Mm. Really lovely Egyptian Pakistani family. The pictures looked 
beautiful. Oh, so, so gorgeous. Nice. I was going to go on that, but I was on a learning for sustainable development course <laughs> in Gloucestershire, That's so I couldn't come to that one, but I really did want to. It's so righteous. Yes, well, it just it, it clashed, but it sounded incredible. And yeah, I'm really sorry to have missed that. Oh, I mean, were yeah. it not for lockdown, we would have done I'm so sure many done more, yeah. and we're going to. That is the plan. The ultimate plan is to get people on the land. Well, that is you the main are thing we want to be doing. Answering my next question is mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously <laughs> lockdown notwithstanding, because that has changed everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. What are your plans? and what is it that you want to move forward with with Mm. this organization you know what are your real focus points that you would like to achieve or not even achieve because you know they're not necessarily goals that you can tick off but move towards Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah we want to hold events on the land yeah that's like is that a big part of your work number one yeah because that is doing something that is truly transformational yeah and we've not been able to do that in the numbers you yeah. know that we wanted to yeah. and at the caucus that we did in january mm-hmm. people were crying people were hugging i can people imagine were saying like this is the right time for it but yeah. also this is so overdue yeah yeah and there's nothing more that i want to be doing in my life than spending time on land projects with people who need to be there yeah and that's the site of our healing Mm -hmm. that's the site of our learning Mm -hmm. and um that is truly a transformational space Mm -hmm. and celebrating the people of color uh, black people who have managed to get onto the land yeah um or cultivate things in some Mm -hmm. way in urban spaces rural spaces Mm -hmm. And there's so much, so much to do. Yeah. Um, in with regards to that. Yeah. And um. So just frequent events. Yeah. Well, yeah. not just, not just, but the no, events are very events. important. Frequent events. events and. Yes. Yes. Um, mm. and making it easier for people to own land or be yeah. on land, and yeah. that's why I'm really glad about the people I mentioned before who've been mm. offering us various things, use yeah. of, and you know potential co-ownership. That's really amazing. Really, really amazing. And with all of this, just as a general question, how are you finding the balance? Because I know, like you, you you know, you touched on it, that the flood of requests has increased um, recently uh, after the Black Lives Matter uprising Mm -hmm. and the death of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. And so there are a lot of people wanting land in our names time. Mm. Um, wanting education you know and I was thinking because you were part of an event um, hosted by Gentle Radical that Mm. I tuned in the online event which had over 180 people it was incredible that is 220 specifically amazing so well (laughs) over 180 people 227 at its peak and it was with over 300 people registered with over 300 that's really amazing at a ticketed paid for event i mean i just can't believe that happened yeah you know it was amazing (laughs) and it was amazing and it was but it's obviously a lot of work it's Mm -hmm. obviously a lot of work and where do you position yourself in terms of doing the emotional labor and sense of teaching of specifically white people about this thing in terms Mm. of where you want to divert your or where you want to put your energy in terms of doing what you're doing for black people and people of color in terms of connection 
do you then also feel it's your duty to educate as to why you're doing this and educate white people as to why you're doing this what's your sort of feelings on that yeah i mean good question Mm. like we've met some really fantastic allies accomplices Mm. through Mm -hmm. doing this work Mm -hmm. and what that looks like you know varies Mm. but it, it, it usually comes with like an offer that's a genuine offer yeah and there's some requests that you can't turn down mm. without giving this sort of side of education. Here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like one of the things that's come up recently is being asked to write about racism. Yeah. And, you know, really allowing myself to check in and be like, well, how am I feeling at the moment? Yeah do I want to yeah Um, and actually being able to tell people like uh, you don't really know me well enough to know how personal and painful this is that kind of request you know I have a black father yeah I Mm -hmm. had a black father yeah and um, you know his experiences have affected my whole life absolutely and that includes his relationship to land Mm -hmm. and you know I mean he told me some of the best stories Mm -hmm. about you know working with with land and yeah um yeah mango trees and Mm -hmm. what chocolate actually Mm -hmm. the process for getting it Mm -hmm. like all the things all right this is all the really nice things yeah absolutely and then his disconnect from all that coming Mm -hmm. here yeah um you know side of police brutality instead Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah joy um so yeah i i i think to do what we do sometimes we have to cultivate this this numbness yeah and then to to feel like we might be asked to 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 break that down yeah you know allow ourselves to feel yeah allow ourselves to articulate how we we really like are affected by this Mm -hmm. and um that's actually quite hard i mean being black and doing racial justice work as my job means that there's not really any kind of relief yeah and so i do have to be a bit boundary very intentional about it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um because i mean when also belonging to any kind of minority group Mm -hmm. and you have like a dominant white population in the case of black people Mm -hmm. who have to work to fight against your dehumanization in their mind yeah yeah and they might not even know they're doing yeah. it so they yeah. might not recognize exploitation yeah. when it's there yeah. um you know backhanded compliments like, yeah there's so many things that we just have it to runs like deep yeah mm-hmm. exactly exactly mm-hmm. and internalized strongly yeah mm-hmm. so then where do you go with that where do you go with that <laughs> therein lies the question <laughs> where do you go with that i mean do you are you intentional about your self-care practices and how you look after yourself it's yes. always a juggling act, isn't it? I am trying. I'm trying. This is <laughs> we trying. Are trying. We are always trying. Sometimes we do better. Sometimes yeah. we don't do do as well. But for the fact that that's very much embedded in Lion's uh, policy, you know, for want of a better policy strategy, mm-hmm. um, that then obviously is great that you know that that's part of it, and all the people that you work with know that that's part of it. So you're able to say to your colleagues, you're able to say to people making these requests, actually no. I can't Mm. do that right now. Mm. And there's, you know, there's legislation to back me up because this is what we've written in terms of our organisation, which is kind of nice sometimes to be able to have that formally. 
but this is the thing isn't it it's tiring it's really really tiring and yeah. how do you find it i find it i find it really hard i mean i've tried to do um a thing like uh, like I, I was saying i you know i i shared a post the other day quoting our, our friend um who does yoni steaming mm. mama luna yoni to steam and she said to me she was like we have a right to live our lives and not get sucked into uh, a, a, a war or a, a drama that we didn't ask for that we mm-hmm. didn't create and i was like wow that is so true we absolutely have a right to live our lives and while we will we will be having these conversations like we're living these experiences it's not by just we don't choose whether or not to live this experience Mm. of being black people in this land in the heart of you know the heart of the empire in babylon like in the belly of the beast (laughs) like but we absolutely have a right to try to live our lives alongside that and to celebrate and i just want to just center and celebrate joy and Mm. black joy and just being and living and I'm very, very much focused on the idea of black life mattering, you know, yeah. not just, not, not just, like, not black lives in the literal sense of dead or alive, but life and living, because, mm. like you quoted Tony earlier, Tony Morrison, you know, the very, very, the very, very, um, the, the point of racism is distraction, mm. to distract you, to keep you having to justify who you are, to keep having to prove your existence, prove your worth, to validate yourself and not live and mm. I refuse. I absolutely refuse. I will do the work, but I'll also live. Mm. <laughs> and I will live a good life. Yeah. And I will celebrate and encourage and help other people to also live whilst we just, you know, tread the tracks of, you know, Babylon system mm. <laughs> alongside as well. Because, well, that's all we can do. You know, it's here. We're not going to get away from it, but we will live as well. Yeah. So that's definitely my sort of thoughts. But trying to be intentional about looking after myself, about disconnecting about yeah also reading stuff online or commenting on things online and being like oh i don't have to show up to every kind of argument that i'm invited to in terms of you know like just things like i really don't i don't need to comment on that even though it makes me angry like i don't need Mm. to comment on this or i don't need to reply to this person who's chatting a whole lot of nonsense no you know that is that is definitely self-care as well yeah and just you know choosing when to engage yeah, it's true. Yeah. Avoiding the vampires. Avoiding the can. vampires, the emotional, the physical, you know, absolutely. The yeah. trolls and the vampires come out to play and I ain't playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely how I feel. But it's righteous. It's well, you know, we're trying, but like you say, it doesn't always it doesn't always happen. It's 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 ebbs and flows of it. Sometimes you're really good at it. Sometimes it's a whole couple of weeks and you realise you haven't done anything nice for yourself and taken time and stuff and you've got to then readdress the balance. So yeah. it's quite yeah. hard not being able to leave London. That's what's really hard. Like, really hard. I definitely need like a lot of people yeah. their city enjoyment is yeah. based on being able to leave the city yes exactly yeah. <laughs> and um yeah for me i think like i i normalize being able to go into a green space yeah mm-hmm. and i mean i found some yeah. near me that i didn't know about i mean we are nice. lucky in london with our yeah. green spaces i would if i were thinking about like locking down in somewhere like paris or something or certain mm. late other european cities that do not have the green spaces that we have gosh i didn't know yeah that. no like places like paris you know they have big parks but it's like little squares mm. little kind of you know gravelly squares and stuff but oh, no. you know where i am here i've got 
Walthamstow, Tottenham and Hackney Marshes all mm. very close in the river and stuff and then another local park and a local park and so I feel very lucky yeah. I think we're lucky in that way but still it is just London is London is hard city life is hard yeah. and it grinds you down yeah I mean really mm. enjoying not commuting though yes well, you've got your beautiful <laughs> bike, and yeah, I'm very jealous of Justina's bike. Don't tell them that. No. So steal it. <laughs> oh yes, I, <laughs> fine. Don't know who your listeners <laughs> are. Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> but um, but yeah, well, I think we've probably pretty much covered all of the really important things, and uh, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast and sharing with us what Line is doing, and I will link all of the information. Um, about how you can um, follow Lion's work, how you can support Lion's work as well. At um, Landon Our Names on Insta. Yes, at Landon Our Names on Insta. We don't do Twitter because uh, of the racism, but I uh, have a personal Twitter if mm-hmm. you want to just troll me. At Joe underscore Zina, Z-I-N-A and then C at the end. Mm-hmm. There we go. So I will also write them um, as well. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Sina. Thank you thank for you. having me on the Green Soul Grace podcast. <laughs> You're more than welcome, and it's been wonderful. And yeah, so thank you guys, and don't forget to subscribe, and we will see you in the next episode. Yay! Thank you for listening to the Green Soul Grace podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at at Grace and greensoulgrace.org for the blog, recipes, DIY projects and the Greensoul Grace Zero Waste Shop.